Can you spare an hour a week to change your life? With Toastmasters, you can find the voice inside you and discover the leader you can become. This is the Toastmasters 101 podcast. I'm your host, Kim Cragy. Oh no, not another meeting. It's that time of year when we in the Northern Hemisphere know that spring is coming months from now. We want to sink down into a warm blanket and sip something soothing and not leave until that groundhog's prediction no longer matters. But there's a Toastmasters meeting. Why should we go to Toastmasters this week, we ask. If you're interested in Toastmasters, this is the time of year that you want to hibernate more than struggle through the weather to meet a group of people you don't know and you have no idea what to expect. If you're a new member of the club, the Toastmasters meeting is a place where you get to go face your fears. And who wants to go face their fears? We may need to face them and we may recognize that we have to face them. But who wants to go someplace and fear something? That's really uncomfortable. If you're a long-term member of Toastmasters, sometimes you just feel tired. If there aren't enough people at the meeting, you know it's going to be a tough time with everyone picking up double rolls and it feels like a slog. But if you don't go, do you know what you will be missing? Toastmasters meetings in the winter. Sorry, Southern Hemisphere. You can save this podcast for about six months and we'll talk then. But Toastmasters meeting in the winter can take on the atmosphere of the weather outside maybe a bit dreary and needing more light than usual. But there are several reasons why Toastmasters meetings are the best this time of year. Your Toastmasters meetings need you. Whether you're a visitor, a newbie, or an experienced member, each of us is needed to run a good Toastmasters meeting, especially the guest. There's something about a guest that makes us behave our best, isn't there? You don't get sloppy when someone's around who's trying to decide if they want to come back, best foot forward and all that. What order things are done in is the local club's practice. In general, it starts with prepared speeches, moves on to impromptu speaking prompts called table topics, and then evaluations of the prepared speeches. So now you know what to expect. It's roughly that format. Although I do know a few clubs that do table topics first It's pretty much a standard meeting week to week to week. But winter Toastmasters meetings have two primary characteristics that I think summer meetings just don't have. First, the people who are there have made an effort to be there. We choose to be here, and we want this time to be productive. Over the summer, there are a lot more distractions, and we're a little looser. That's not to say that summer meetings aren't good. Why else would I be able to tell the story about the hot summer day when my sweaty clothes were falling off my body whenever I walked into an air-conditioned store? But winter meetings have a cozy ambience as well as a let's-get-to-work feeling. Second, winter meetings may have fewer people to fill the roles because of the weather. Okay, that might happen in the summer, but it's far more likely to happen because of perfect weather is calling us away to other fun activities. Now, 
Winter meetings with fewer attendees can feel darker, but I see some real benefits to these meetings. We have more ability to shape the meeting. Instead of bemoaning the lack of attendees, I like to find a way to make the meetings more fun. When there are only five of us at a meeting, I know I'm going to hear stories from members that don't quite fit into the Toastmasters agenda. I love these stories. Just a couple weeks ago, I heard Mike C., a member who is a licensed pilot, talk about how the windscreen of the plane he was flying blew off at 2,000 feet in the air. Now that was a story. But did it fit into our usual meeting schedule? No, it didn't, but I'd pay money to hear that kind of a story, especially the part when he said that the replacement would be $20,000. But he was able to trade an engine part to get the replacement for free instead. My story about the sweaty clothing, going from hot car to cold meeting room, back to hot car to cold store, was also told at a meeting with five attendees. These little meetings always end up with an opportunity to learn about others through stories and chatter that we rarely have opportunity for in a normal 20-person Toastmasters meeting. The smaller meetings also open us up to longer impromptu speaking sessions, the table topics. For my first five years in Toastmasters, I was a member of one of the most successful clubs in District 10, the Stark Community Toastmasters. They never had less than 20 members, so table topics was always limited to three speakers. Uh, That was it. Now, when I attend a small meeting, I know I'm going to get a chance to speak in table topics at least once, maybe twice. We have this great guy for table topics in our club. I do not know where he gets his ideas, but I know I'm going to be inspired and laugh myself silly over the other speakers because Mike R. comes up with the best prompts ever. Really, winter meetings have fun, but you only find out when you show up. Second, you need Toastmasters meetings. What I'm about to say is going to annoy a lot of people for a multitude of reasons, all of them different. Feel free to add comments in the Toastmasters 101 podcast Facebook page, Why I'm Wrong, because I know they're going to be there. From about mid-May to June 30th every year, many clubs put out a big push to get members to finish up education awards. This is part of the Distinguished Club Program, which we call the DCP. It's a metric that we use to determine if the club is serving the members well. That deadline is the end of the Toastmasters year, June 30th. Sometimes there's a little more pressure to get that last education award finished, which bothers some people. We say we're supposed to be working at our own pace, so why are we pushing people? On the other hand, we might want you to postpone reporting that so it can go on next year's report, which really annoys a bunch of people because... We should be getting stuff done in a timely fashion. Yes, there's no winning this argument. It's just out there. I can't get away from it. It's all very political. That pressure to get the DCP may get pushed onto members to rush them through projects. We don't feel that kind of pressure in the winter. We can take our time and work through the project more carefully, more thoughtfully. 
Where else are you going to give your speeches for your projects? It's got to be done in the club. Club meetings, of course. And the fact that we may have fewer speakers gives us more opportunities to give a prepared speech and to take on some leadership roles in the meeting. Here's a paradox. You might be learning more leadership skills in a smaller meeting, but you have fewer people to lead, so you might not be learning more leadership skills at a smaller meeting. Hmm, both are true. I can live with that kind of existential puzzle personally. Either way, the small meeting does give you more challenges when doubled or even tripled roles, and it does teach you important management skills, but leading a larger meeting helps you focus on macro leading skills, how to delegate and how to encourage others. When it comes right down to it, I don't believe you can learn leadership out of a book. It is a completely experiential skill. We might learn principles and techniques, but until we actually try them and use them, they're not really ours. I knew what I should do the first time I was Toastmaster of the day, but I felt completely unprepared and managed to forget most of the standard opening parts, like the Pledge of Allegiance, the Joke of the Day, the Invocation. I... Leadership is practiced. If you're not there, you don't have the chance to lead. If you're a new member, smaller Toastmasters meeting can be less intimidating and more supportive. At a meeting recently, we asked a new member to give an evaluation of an advanced Toastmaster. He was extremely hesitant. It's hard to evaluate a good speaker, so I offered to go up with him. I gave the first evaluation, which was less positive than we might normally give in this meeting, so that the new member could be the bearer of good news and feel like they'd made a valuable contribution in an evaluation. This wasn't meant to be manipulative. I had never coached the new member on what to say. I simply told him to give his honest opinion, which is all we ever ask for in an evaluation. The new member did have positive comments, but he also brought up a point of growth that I never would have noticed. This is why we love new members. Smaller meetings give you opportunities to try new things. As a new member, lots about Toastmasters is new. There's a lot to learn. For advanced members, I've also tried a few (laughs) unusual things that I wouldn't try in a full meeting, such as a dialogue with a prepared speaker during the evaluation or helping to inspire prepared speech topics by using a list of subjects and dice, just to add a bit of randomness to the topics. I would never be able to do these things in a big meeting with three prepared speeches. There simply isn't time. To our potential guests, you've got goals that brought you to consider Toastmasters. Why should you come to your first Toastmasters meeting? So you can discover how an hour a week will change your life. If you're a member of Toastmasters already, regardless of how long, do you know what you'll be missing when you skip that winter meeting? You will miss the opportunity for you to make positive moves toward your goals. You'll miss the opportunity to face your fears and move on. You'll never find out how funny some of your fellow Toastmasters can be. So sign up and show up at your next Toastmasters meeting. Be prepared to learn and to have fun. 
as my friend Susan Brighting says, our journey is too important to take seriously. She wasn't talking about Toastmasters, but it certainly applies. Have I convinced you to go to your local Toastmasters meeting this week? Our music today is from incompetech.filmmusic.io. Toastmasters District 10 sponsors the Toastmasters 101 podcast. This is my personal thanks to them. Because of their support, I recently completed my 100th episode. Not all of them have been published in the Toastmasters 101 feed, so don't go looking for them. I had another podcast that's been retired about getting the classic program DTM. But still, 100 episodes. Thank you, District 10. And thank you to you, my listeners, for five years for your podcasting support. If you find Toastmasters 101 interesting, insightful, worth your time, or just a good laugh, how about recommending it to a friend or a fellow Toastmaster this week? We'll see you next time on Toastmasters 101.